we want our money to work. We don't want it sitting in a bank. And we understand the process and find the deal, get the money, not find it, put them together and enjoy your life. So have other people's money work for you so you don't have to work as hard. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Big Fat Real Estate Checks. My name is Marco Kozlowski. I'm here with Francesco Galluccio and Gabriel Arai. I don't know why I did that, but I liked it. Today, we're going to be discussing all sorts of fun things, uh, specifically contracts when you're buying packages. And if you have not listened to the first 10 episodes of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, please do. We discuss asset-based lending and how when you learn the skills necessary to package properties in the right way, you can actually get as much money as you need to uh, close on them without using your own. And why use your own money if you don't have to? And that's pretty much the name of the game. The less money you use, the more money you make if you structure things correctly. And our mission is really to uh, give to give, give you as much great content as possible, actionable content, great information that you should be using. Not just watch the porn, but just be better in bed in general. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I just did. So we're going to be discussing today, A, how much you love this podcast and that you're going to love it, share it, and uh, tell all your friends about it. And also contracts in packages, because we've seen a lot of, in this market cycle, many packaged assets, some residential, some small multifamily, three, four or five units that are bundled with single family or large bundles of multis. We had a student that uh, I think got three or 4,000 units in one bundle. And it was, it was a hairy mess uh, when it came across his desk and uh, understanding how to contract those kinds of assets and understanding the value of those kinds of assets is also very important. If you go back to episode 115, if I'm not mistaken, we discuss making sure that you value things uh, as accurately as possible, or you can just do it your way and, you know, good luck. It's completely up to you, which is fine. We like to make sure that we're pegging the right uh, value on the right asset and not confusing a residential property as an actual commercial property and using cap rates on residential assets. Don't want to beat that dead horse. We already did in episode 115. We don't like to be too repetitive. So just listen to that and uh, we'll be right here waiting for you when you've listened to that. So good. I'm glad you listened to that. Well done. That was pretty quick. So yeah, let's talk about, you get this package of properties. There's a few options. One is you can cherry pick which ones that you want to buy. Actually three options. You cherry pick the ones you want to buy or you put them all under contract and then cherry pick the ones you want to buy or they obligate you to buy every single one of them at the same time. You have to take the ugly duckling with everything else. And uh, how we structure the agreement in order to control the asset and control our decisions as we find things out and as, as we determine what we're going to do with these things is very important. And it's not as obvious as you might think, but once you listen to this, I think it'll bring a lot of clarity to, um, to why we do things a specific way. So, Frank, Gabe, Gabe, let's start with Gabe. Let's give Frank a break. <laughs> I didn't do anything yet. I don't need a break. <laughs> That's right. Obviously, and we're going to be, I guess I'll be addressing mostly uh, the option where you're either obligated to close on all the properties or if you're not, but you package them in terms of the agreement, 
Your next step, once you're under contract, is normally due diligence. So if you don't do due diligence, then I really recommend you start uh, looking into that and doing due diligence. Let's play with the different... First of all, should we do it all into one contract? Should we do it in separate contracts? Uh, well, that would depend. It's There's advantages and disadvantages from doing both. And again, I'm not bias on one versus the other because even if you do put all the property just say you can't cherry or just say you even you can't cherry pick and you still put everything all the properties on one contract one agreement you can still segregate them technically at closing and get separate deeds where it gets a little bit hairy is when you're getting uh, an asset-based lender they're going to look at the whole package because it's one contract and other in that in that bundle of, of properties you may have uh properties that are worth more and there's more leverage so you may end up you know getting more uh, money from the asset-based lender but it does get hairy when they're doing the mortgage because if you want to sell one or get rid of one unless the underwriter in the mortgage specifically indicates an amount for each property it's going to be difficult to do so that's on the closing side. So, bef but knowing the end before you start is important. Yes. Right. Yes. So, from a contractual point of view, yes. that's the first step, right? Correct. Contract and then Correct. due diligence. So, I don't know if I, I if I if I stole your thunder there. Not again. at all. Uh, I'm sorry if I did. No, not at all. Because yeah, I when, when I heard first, I want to play with what most people would do, and I've seen our followers do this. They have three or four properties that you use one agreement, and then we say no, you should not do it this way. Sorry. And here's why. So that's kind of the um, yes the, the the topic of today, and we'll probably end up yelling at each other, which is kind of cool because we have different opinions Correct. on this, and that's what I love about this business is we are all right and we're all wrong at the same time, and that's okay. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 with you on this, Mark. I always prefer going down the road of multiple contracts. Yes, it's a pain in the rear end, and most people usually do the one contract just because it's easier, and the easy road isn't always the best road, but yeah you want to do multiple contracts and where i was going with this is that once you have multiple contracts what it allows you to do is when you're performing your due diligence because obviously after you get under contract you have to perform due diligence and you have to do it on each property individually because if you know even if they're considered residential properties like let's say they're all duplexes and your plan is to buy them and hold them not live in them then you got to make sure that the income is going to be able to support all your expenses, including whatever financing you're getting. So if the property doesn't cash flow, then in, in theory, you shouldn't be buying it. If it does cash flow, then great. And then you have, you know, your, your other steps in due diligence based on what uh, what's important to you when you're buying property. But once you've performed your due diligence, if in your and you're verifying all the information that you quickly scanned over when you made your offer, then you'll be able to decide whether you know all the properties in the package are viable and and most likely what you'll find and this is what the reason why packages are sold together is generally because there's a lot of high performing assets and then there's others that are extremely poorly performing but on average the package looks good so and that's why most of these sellers want to sell it as a package and you can still buy them all without buying them all and that's kind of what the importance of having separate contracts is because you can actually buy and keep the ones that are high performing and the ones that are not as well performing. Then you have the opportunity to possibly on the same date as you closing on the other ones, you can actually close on them through a wholesale or find another way to monetize these contracts. Uh, something that you cannot do if you have only one agreement 
for the entire package. You'll be forced to buy them all and then have to start selling them separately. But if they're not performing, then selling them separately might be a challenge. Right. And having them all in one contract, just to repeat what you just said, really makes it difficult to segregate them prior to closing. But if it's not necessary to close them all at the same time, you have to be careful to not sabotage your ability to finance the asset by selling the good ones or having it not as interesting for the lender. What you also can do is finance the good ones and only put the mortgage on the good ones because it doesn't matter. Like you can present, let's say that you have 30 properties and you can actually get the lender is okay with 25 in the package and you get all the money. Now you have five that are free and clear that you can do something with that you can you know, just do something with. There's a lot of exits on this and this is not necessarily the the time to discuss it, but there's a lot of ways to make money on an asset that's paid off. So, you know, it gives you a lot of flexibility and in due diligence, you find something with a hair on it and you can deal with it. Financing is, is a lot more flexible. Uh, there's just a lot of goodies that you can do and you can be very f- flexible and nimble um, when you do have multiple contracts, multiple agreements for each and every asset that you have. Now, if it's obligated, what Gabe was saying to rope that back in, if you're obligated to buy them all and each one refers uh, to the other, it's vital that you do close them all at the same time, obviously, or you just can't buy them. You can't buy them. And that is not an agreement that I would get into. I would have an agreement that basically says, as long as this amount of money is brought to the table, any any of the assets, you know, are 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 going to be sold as a bonus or a, for a dollar, basically. So there's an agreement that goes with that agreement, because if each one is referenced to the other, the fi- the, the bank will m- might most likely want their meat hooks and their the mortgage on a blanket mortgage on all of them, right? So you have to really make sure that each one is separated and have a side agreement that allows you to get financing on the ones that you cherry pick if you're obligated to buy all of them, which sometimes that's the case. Hopefully that made sense. Yeah. So a side agreement for the agreement is sometimes necessary. Now, if you were to have if you were to Francesco. have all the properties under one contract and you do go to a lender, there's advantages to that. I know you said it's a blanket mortgage. They'll give you a blanket mortgage, but like I said before, some of them will also segregate specific amounts for each individual property. So you won't run into that problem uh, even when you're getting financing or you know maybe two, three years down the road, you want to refinancing, you want to refinance the property. You can do so, or if you sell the property for whatever reason, they'll still know what portion of that mortgage needs to be modified and removed from the original mortgage amount. So again, everything's possible. There's even advantages by bundling it all together because a mortgage may, you know, may salivate and say, okay, this is a great mortgage for us. We're, we're going to go, we're going to throw at it. We're going to give them good terms because we want the mortgage because it's a good portfolio. The same thing, you know, maybe on insurance. So there's a lot of things that follow uh, a package, maybe insurance. You're going to get a blanket general liability insurance. that's going to be a lot cheaper than getting individual insurance on each property. So again, it's on a case by case basis. If you can cherry pick, that's obviously the best I would, I would, I would ask because sometimes when these do sell in bundles, you're going to get the good and they're going to highlight the good. You're going to get the bad and you're going to get the really ugly. They're going to put some shit in there just to unload it. And, and the ones that say that you can't cherry pick, you can rest assured most likely there's shit in there because they want the whole package. They want the whole burden removed all at once because there's no way they're going to end up selling those properties separately. 
I would use that as a negotiation position anyway to, to, if I can cherry pick and I can get it cheaper, if I get everything, I'll take the garbage if I can get it cheaper because I'm going to most likely get a few properties free and clear in the bundle anyway. And then that'll make up whatever the the difference is or the loss. I win both ways because I make money on the ones that are paid off. Someone else is going to take them. And worst case scenario, I donate to the city. You know, as a tax write-off or a church or mosque, synagogue, here's a property, do something so with nice, it. Marco. Or Habitat for Humanity, halo whatever. Growing you know. upon so, head. Oh, stop it. Yeah, it's resting <laughs> on my horns. So it's uh, how to make things work versus it can't work or there's, you know, it's it's not able to work. My Always my first choice is I'll take everything and I'll handle the crap because if there is crap, and they want to get rid of it, there's a little bit more motivation, which means I can do better. I can get this thing done and create an impasse to a point where I create the deal and create the terms that are necessary for us to win and them to get what they want. So it's, it's and we're problem solvers. So that's, that, that's right up the alley, right? So the only, exactly. uh, but, another thing to yeah. consider when you're doing it individually, obviously it's going to take a lot more time to put it together, but that's fine. Is your closing costs are going to differ? Because if you have one contract for one property, just say you have a portfolio of 50, you're going to have 50 separate closing costs, title fees and doc stamp fees and all that jazz. You'll have the doc stamps anyway because they're each mortgages, but you're right. It'll be increasing closing costs, but you can also negotiate with the title company beforehand and say, give me your best price. Bottom line is if you're going to do a, a complete package, you before you do that or choose to go down the one contract road, just make sure you know what your exit is. Because if you don't know what your exit is, then you're always going to be better served with individual contracts because you can, you'll can you end up in the same position ultimately. But if you, what Frank was mentioning before, if you're looking for all those benefits and you're going to be holding this for 20, 30 years, then does it really matter? Maybe not to you. And if that's the case, but that's knowing your exit before you get in. So you always need to know your exit before getting in, but your options are going to be a lot more diverse if you go down the road of separate contracts and you can make your exit decision later but going down the road of one contract might lead you towards only one or two possible exits that you have to be aware of and that you want to use. I want to be the village idiot for just a second because we talked about knowing your ex- exits before you walk in. Um, are we firemen? Like, why are we why are we looking at exits well, here? Technically, it sounds so the same. Just, right? ju- well, <laughs> it, is, it, it, it is. is the same. A fireman would never go into a burning building. I talk about this with a few firemen that we work with because they didn't understand it either. I said, well, when you walk into a building, do you have to know how to get out of there? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, or exactly. you don't go in. And you should have mm-hmm. at least... So what What are those? So let's just just for the benefit the of listener, yes. the, the, the human that's listening that has no fucking idea what that means, I'm looking out for you, man. You're welcome. <laughs> What's an exit? Well, <laughs> one exit could be just you're buying it or tying it up for the purpose of flipping it. So you're not your intention is not even to close on it. I make a couple of bucks uh, just flipping it. That's one of them, Gabe. Well, yeah, I, and, and you can and and you can do that. Sorry, and you can do that while yeah, you're in contract, correct. while you're at closing, or after you've closed on it. There's you like can, but if you way, want to, if your intention is you, to flip it right away, you need a separate contract. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And if you didn't have a separate contract, you wouldn't have you that would, option. But you could, you have to do it at closing, so you got to do a double close. And I don't want to get into that. You, you have to close have to, on yeah. the deal with the seller, and then you close on the deal with the new buyer. 
that that's a well orchestrate orchestrated ballet and <laughs> it's i didn't say it's easy know. it's possible people have done double, <laughs> yes. double close. anything's possible i saw you yeah, still didn't tell them what an exit is so right. an exit is just how you're yeah. getting out of the asset or, or if you're choosing to get out of yeah so it's your your intention with the asset is your asset exit, or contract yes, or a contract yeah. it's it's your intention yeah. so yes frank said flipping is an option buying and holding is another option rehab or repair uh, re-rent, optimize, and then sell or hold. These are all potential exit strategies. Buy, lease fix, option, lease option. Owner finance. Yeah. Yeah. For owner financing uh, to someone that wants to buy it, hold it, and flip it, there's there's hundreds of exits. And, and the more skilled you are, the more exits that you understand and that you can use. Your toolbox Buy, increases. hold, refinance. But if, yeah, but by uh, using the multiple contract strategy, you probably have a lot more of these exits available to you on a simpler basis because everything's doable. But it'll it just you know if you're if you're gonna buy and hold everything, then let's say for example, using one contract won't hurt you because your intention is to buy and hold everything. But again, if you feel like there's some of them that are really underperforming, then it's just about structuring it the right way. Right. Our intention, I think, is always to buy and hold. But if there's something that you suspect. Well, I guess, sure. You can buy them all and then sell them, yeah. you know, and get rid of them after you've yeah. closed if you want to. It's a two-step process. Uh, but I mean, if you know right off the bat, sure. this is why using yep. separate yep. contracts is my preferred way generally yep. because I don't have to make that decision right off the bat. I can choose to make that decision later. That's all. You basically have all the options. Correct. You're not married. You're just dating at this Correct. point. Once you're married, you're married, and then you have to make decisions afterwards and it'll be expensive to exit. But so what? I'd rather be happiness is better than a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So... Just well, so I you mean, know, at the sorry, go ahead, oh. Marco. And I'm talking about marriage. And you're going to defend it. Go <laughs> ahead, Frank. Defend it. No, I was going to say with the with the properties with the contracts, because typically what we do is everyone should do is keep it in a separate legal entity each property. So even having under one agreement, there is language in our agreement that you can actually put it in a separate entity. But having it in separate contracts will make that obviously a lot easier. Because that's what you want to do is segregate your entity that's going to hold the property, your banking and everything. So just keep it clean for each uh, property going forward. So in the event you do want to flip it, you do want to refinance. It has its own separate account, its, its own entities. In the event something goes you know, bad with the other ones, you're not exposed to any other risk associated with the other properties. Yeah, it's yeah. like an octopus. You know, If you have everything in one basket and it breaks, then they're all done. If there's a lawsuit, they're all done. If they're all packaged together, most people buy all their assets and put them in one basket and lawsuit happens. They lose it all, which so is dangerous. very sad yeah. and tax purposes as well. Um, you know, you can play games with depreciation uh, and different costs on different properties. So from a tax perspective, also we're going on a tangent that has nothing to do with, uh, with contracts. Thanks, Frank. No, I said so, legal uh, entity. You were going on a tangent with the, you I'm started just, with the I know. I'm just, eggs, I'm just fucking with you. With the eggs. I, <laughs> I take full responsibility yeah. for going on a tangent. I'm just fucking with you. Sorry, listener. We go on tangents sometimes. Just because I'm upset that he didn't come see me when he came to Florida. I'm but sorry. I'm not upset about Pinky it. Pinky promise. I'll see you in a few weeks. No, you're not. It's okay. It's okay, man. I, I'll give you an ass out right. hug next time I see you. So ass out, just so you know. Not like the, the ones that you normally like. <laughs> so it's um, entity structuring is a whole other uh, can of worms. But just to land this plane, there's only advantages other than a pain in the ass when you're first structuring the agreements to put them all in a separate one. There's no disadvantage that I, that we can see to other than the time issue to do that. If you have one, just know that if you have one contract with a whole bunch of properties in it, 
your flexibility dur during due diligence is extremely limited. In fact, it's almost non-existent and it's going to be virtually impossible to have the bank not put a lien on the mall because you're basically closing on all of them. So there's going to be a blanket mortgage and blanket mortgages are actually harder to get than individual mortgages on assets as well. So it's creating, I believe, at least in my experience, and if anyone else listening to this has had a different experience, that's fine. I have only bought a handful of packages. I've not done hundreds of them, but only done a handful. And in the handful that I've done, the first one was under one in one. And I learned my lesson. It was like being married to both my ex-wives at the same time, strapped to a chair and them having their way at me. It was a pain in the ass and it was a very difficult journey and very bumpy. And I don't wish that upon anyone. So yeah. I don't know if you gentlemen see a, a, another reason to have them all into one, but no. But I just maybe you know we use the term blanket mortgage a lot. I'm not sure if everyone's familiar with that term, but it just means one mortgage that's backed by all of the assets that are under the contract. So it's just one big lump mortgage, right? One payment, and it sounds sexy, but the problem is selling them. Figuring out what each equity position is on all of them sometimes can be difficult and the bank is going to generally want as much as possible. So it's then a, a whole other conversation with the bank to see what their equity position is for this uh, mortgage as well. So it's just one extra thing you got to do. And, but you know, if you get a two and a half percent mortgage instead of a seven percent one, there's an advantage there as well because your cash flow increases. So, but you can do a blanket mortgage on all the properties if you really decide to do that too. That's right. Even if they're all in separate contracts. So. Anyway, that's that. That's all I got to say about that. Thanks, gentlemen. Listener, you're awesome. Thanks for putting up with our shenaniganry. Hope you have a phenomenal day and just do this. There's some amazing opportunities. People need help. They need to sell. As long as there's people that need to sell and you understand how to get the money, you just put them together and you make the spread. It's that easy. So find someone that needs help. Ooh, ooh. Find someone that, you know, we have tons of, you're listening to three of them that, that have money to lend all the time and way more we want our money to work we don't want it sitting in a bank and we understand the process and find the deal find the money get the money not find it put them together and i win i win i like very nice and you know enjoy your life so have other people's money work for you so you don't have to work as hard and enjoy enjoy the uh, the inflation that's that's upon us you know enjoy it and you can bask in it because as your rents go up your cash flow goes up instead of being crushed by inflation where your paycheck is destroyed by by what's going on so appreciate you guys appreciate you listener like us love us share us do what you got to do just get it done thanks guys have a great day and crush it if you like this episode of big fat real estate checks then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for a life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to GetDealsByTuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.